0: Welcome to the Mayberry Bible Study Podcast. The Mayberry Bible Study Podcast is based on the Mayberry Bible Study, originated by Joey Fan back in 1998. I'm your host, Alan Newsom, for the podcast. And we're going to, this episode, be listening to and talking about Andy's English Ballet. That's right. So, what we try to do on this podcast is look at uh, episodes of the Andy Griffith Show and explore how those characters from the Andy Griffith Show, how they behave, and how does that reflect poorly or positively from a Christian perspective on their character and what can we learn from that. The podcast is uh, released randomly, so you guys hear it from time to time. But We will be listening to episodes throughout this podcast that uh, were in the public domain So there are 16 episodes, so there will only be 16 episodes of the show. Uh, We're glad to have you with us. And this episode, as I said, we're going to be talking about Andy's English Valet. That was episode number 89 of the Andy Griffith Show. It's where a gentleman's gentleman, Malcolm Merriweather from England, he passes through Mayberry on a vacation tour of America on his bicycle. That's right. So he's on his bike Heading through uh, Mayberry, he comes through town, and he manages to cause all kinds of havoc that we're going to be able to hear. So the first thing we're going to do, folks, is listen to the episode, so I know you're going to enjoy that. I'll add comments throughout the audio of the episode uh, in places where you need to be uh, told what's going on, because there may be no dialogue or anything. So I hope you guys are going to enjoy it, and we'll talk to you and have the Bible study portion after... We listen to the episode. The Andy Griffith Show,
1: starring Andy Griffith, with Ronnie Howard. Also starring Don Knotts. About ready, ain't be?
2: Coming here, coming. You know, I
1: just know I've forgotten something. Ain't, B, we just barely got time to make the bus.
2: Well, now, let's see. I've left a whole ham in the icebox, and I've left a cake, and there's plenty of eggs, and there's plenty of milk. There's no reason why you and Opie can't get along without me just for a few
1: days. No reason in the entire world. Now, we got to hurry.
2: No, no, I'm not going. Ain't, B, no. don't
1: worry. Everything will be fine.
2: Well, oh, oh, my pocketbook. Now remember, if you want anything,
1: Miss Snyder's next door,
2: and be sure that Opie
1: dresses warm for school. And Tuesday morning, Maggie will be here to clean. Be sure the house isn't a mess.
2: That woman will have it all over town. Hey we got to go.
3: Well, I'm all ready. I'm just waiting for you. <laughs> oh, Miss
2: Edwards is leaving her car here while we're gone. And she said you can use it any time you want to. I wish you would keep the battery
1: up. I don't expect I'll need it much. You
2: know, I wish you had time to fix up around the place. those bushes could do with it, trimming, and coming in, needs a it's needed for the paint. Andy, you know that the attic window... I, I'll
1: it. try to get to it if I get uh, to
2: Oh, the scarf! The what? The scarf! i lit the floor!
0: Ooh. Aunt B runs back in the house, and Malcolm Merriweather is riding down the street on his bicycle, trying to read a map. Andy's standing by the squad car.
2: Uh, excuse me, constable. Uh, you are the constable, aren't you? I mean, I saw the car with the thingamajig on top and uh, I took it for granted you might be in the way of being the constable. Oh well, yeah, I'm the constable. Actually, I'm the sheriff. Are you really? Ain't that wonderful, eh? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, might I ask a question? Sure, what is it? Uh, where could I find the constable? <laughs>
1: well, I am the constable. Sheriff
2: and constable are kind of the same thing. Get away. <laughs> Uh, would you mind giving me some directions, please, i'm uh, I'm not too familiar with these parts. Rather a long way from home, you know. I <laughs> uh, think you. You're British, aren't you? Aye, come from town of Eckmondwick up Derbyshire. way. I'm, uh, I'm on a bit of holiday. Oh. It's a lovely place, Eckmondwick. I say it's a lovely place, Eckmondwick. I, uh, <laughs> I work there as the gentleman's gentleman to Colonel Chumley. Been at it now for eleven years. Oh. I've finally tucked enough away to make the trip over. I was going to hire a car, but you can't imagine what they were asking. Shocking it was. Just shocking. Yeah. You see, what I'm trying to do is see as many of your little towns as I can. Lovely they are. Just lovely. Just like home. Heckman, Dwight. Have you been there? Oh, I wish I'd known. Well, next time you come, you must give us a ring. Yeah. Well, you mustn't keep me here talking to you like this. I have to be on my way. Uh, oh, wait wait a minute. Wasn't there something you wanted to ask me? Oh, why? Ah, oh, yes. Could you direct me to Route 43, please?
1: Oh, Route Forty Three. Well, you, um, maybe I better write it down. Oh, got a, just a pencil. Moment. There you go. Okay. Now, you go down here to the to the stoplight down here, and turn left. You go two blocks, turn right, go right through the middle of town until you run into the intersection, and right again. Then you go along and go crooked and crooked and crooked, going about two miles, and you'll run right into it.
2: Okay. Piece of cake. <laughs> sure you got it. Oh, absolutely, no trouble at all. Thank you very much. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I... Malcolm gets back on his bike, looking at his map, as Andy gets in the squad car and drives Aunt B away. Barney's standing on the corner of the streets of Mayberry. Watching the traffic as Malcolm rides through town. Causing traffic to swerve. People to be slow to step off the curb. And a big wreck with a car happens. A truck runs into Malcolm. or There's boxes, crates everywhere. People from all over town are coming to try to help the people who are hitting the wreck. Barney's running around with his whistle. Taking control of the situation. Everybody,
4: get back! Barney, two, come on! Look at Mike. Look, Barney's going take him out of here. You get out of here too. Come on, get out of there! Everybody, get back! Back, everybody! Take him Let's go. On, back, everybody! Everybody, back! Barney
0: drags Malcolm out of the pile of rubble. Right, come on, let's go. Get
2: The trouble just a bit of a mix up mix up? it was chaos pandemonium bike riding and map
4: reading at the same time he practically turned Mayberry into a disaster area (laughs) Lost bless Robert's here to run his truck into a pile of packing crates 30 or 40 dollars worth of damage easy Hmm.
1: Uh, where's your uh, where's your truck now Fletch? well it's still down there wrapped around them crates well why don't you take it on over at Wallace filling station and find out how much it'll be to fix it and come on back and tell me All right, Sheriff Beats anything I've ever seen.
4: I never seen such recklessness in my life. What's the matter with you, anyways? Well, I'm
2: very sorry. I am really. I can't think what came over me. I behaved like a proper Charlie. And the bobby here is quite right. I do deserve a good dressing down. <laughs> <laughs> good.
4: Notice anything about this bird? What? Why well, he talks? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't think he's from around here. Fact is, <laughs> I'd say he's from somewhere else. <laughs> you think so? He's a troublemaker from another country. You really think so? Uh, he's a foreigner, all right. Maybe Canada. What do you think?
2: Where well, you just might be from. Mm-hmm. Heckman Dwight, England. <laughs>
5: Ask him. Where are you
0: from, fella? Heckman Dwight, England. Orange <laughs> well, looks at Andy with a strange look. He acts like he doesn't know anything.
1: Well, I'm I'm sorry about all this, Mr. Uh... Oh, Merriweather. Malcolm Merriweather. Well, Mr. Merriweather, I'm sorry all this happens, you being a stranger and all, but uh, Fletch is pretty upset about his truck. I'm afraid you're going to have to pay for the damages. Quite all right. Malcolm Merriweather always pays his own way. How much does it come to? I don't know. According to Fletch, it'll come to upwards towards $40. $14 pounds,
2: 10 shillings, and threepence,
1: three farthings? <laughs> well, if that's $40, that'll be about it.
2: See you. Well, could I do it on the never, never? Pay <laughs> hey, a bit now and more later.
4: I don't know. Oh, let's lock him up. Come on, let's go. Hello.
1: Hey, wait a minute, Barn. Uh, maybe there's another kind of a never-never. Maybe we can figure a way for you to work off the debt.
2: Aren't you kind? Aren't you kind? I could use some help around the house. Aren't you kind? And, uh, as it so happens, I'm very handy around the house.
0: Malcolm has a ladder, a hammer, and a saw... He's got him fixing that attic window. He's on the ground. Put the ladder against the house. And the hammer in his pocket. Trying to move the ladder around to get it at the right angle so he can climb up it. It's at a very steep angle, so he tries to lift it up. He
2: actually
0: chokes his head in between the rungs. Where did you
2: come from? I live here. What you doing?
0: And Malcolm slams the ladder through the window His L.P. watches.
2: I'm helping your dad around the house. You sure don't sound like you from around here. I'm not. I come from Eckmund like. Is that
3: anywhere near Raleigh? No,
2: it's in England.
3: Oh, you come from the old country where they have all them castles with moats and stuff. <laughs> Hi, Pa. Hi, pa.
0: Andy drives up in the squad car and gets out, looking at the window the entire time he exits. He walks up to the ladder, still looking at the window. As
2: soon as I get the proper angle of this ladder, I'll get around to fixing those things.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I better go ahead and fix some lunch.
2: Good, I'm starved. Well, uh, how would it be if I stepped in and fixed you some snap? You, you both look a bit clemmed.
1: I couldn't ask you to do that.
2: Well, to tell you the truth, that's a bit more in my line In this. You see, that's what I do for the Colonel. Oh. Keep his digs neat, press his clothes, fix his meals, and I'd like to do the same for you and the young man. I, I mean, what with the lady being away and all? Well. Oh, thank you very much, and don't you worry about a thing. When you come home this evening, you won't recognize the place. Come on, friend. <laughs>
0: Malcolm runs off with Opie. They go in the house. Andy watches, still looking up the ladder at the broken window. The scene changes to the afternoon where Andy comes home from work, opens the door, and walks in. Opie comes down the stairs dressed in a suit.
1: get you.
3: Malcolm made me do it. He calls it dressing for dinner. I had to take a bath too and it's only Wednesday. <laughs> Can I take it off, Paul?
1: Not for one minute. I like to see you tidied up for a change. Yes, sir. I'd say
2: a touch of gracious living is just what you need. Good evening, sir. The uh, young man looks a proper Bobby Dazzler, doesn't he? All dressed up like a dog's dinner. He <laughs> <laughs> does look fine. Place looks mighty nice too. Thank you, sir. Well, I'll draw your bath now, sir. My bath? Won't be a jiffy. (laughs) Well, that's... Oh, and I've laid out your best suit. Should do nicely. Oh.
3: Guess we're all in for some gracious living, huh, Pa?
0: (laughs) Andy and Opie are sitting at the table as Malcolm serves them. Malcolm pours the soup in Andy's bowl... Walks around to do the same for Opie. There's candles on the table. Flowers in the middle.
2: You gonna eat supper, Malcolm? Oh, thank you, sir, but I'll have mine later.
0: Malcolm walk away with his tray.
3: Dolly, it sure is good, huh, Pa? Mm. Sure is.
0: Barney comes in the front door.
4: Hey, Ash, want to go up to the station and get a bottle of pop?
0: <clears throat> he notices how everybody's dressed and the candles. Walks across the room to come talk to Andy at the table.
4: I'm sorry, I didn't realize you had company. Well, we don't have company. Why, y'all? Uh, you going to prayer meeting? Uh, well,
2: prayer meeting tonight, is it? Oh, sorry, I forgot. Oh, uh, shall I lay one more place for dinner, sir? Oh, won't eat supper,
4: Barn? Oh, no. No matter of fact, I I just got through work and uh, saw my way home to change. (laughs) It's just an old thing I hardly ever wear. Why don't you eat supper? Uh, No, no. I I better be getting on home to get dressed up. (laughs) I'll pick you up in the morning. Oh, that's all right. I got Flora's old car. Why, Why don't you eat with us, Barn? Oh, no, I, I better go. No, a, I ain't even
3: picked
0: out what I'm going to wear tonight yet. <laughs> That's old thing. Barney exits the room and Malcolm continues to serve. Andy's standing in his room with no pants on.
1: No, sir. You hand them over. I can put on my own pants. But, sir, the colonel Never mind the colonel. Give me my pants.
2: If you say so, sir.
0: And he took his pants from Malcolm and put them on himself.
2: How
0: about that, Paul? Malcolm made an egg with a face on it for Opie. Mr. Malcolm
3: drew that right on the egg.
1: That's nice.
3: I sure do like him. He cooks good, too.
2: Yeah, he's a nice fella. Your morning paper, sir. Wind from the southwest, temperature 74. Thank you. Oh, I, um... I found your cap in the back of the cupboard. It needs a bit of brushing, but uh, I'll have it ready directly.
3: You gonna wear your cap too, Paul?
1: I got to go, Ope.
3: But what about your cap?
1: Never mind that. I'll see you later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Andy sneaks out the front door, tries to walk quietly so nobody will know he's there. Looking in the window to be sure uh, Malcolm's not watching for him, but Malcolm's standing at the door of the car, holding it open. As Andy arrives at the car, now
1: Malcolm, listen, Government House, sir. Malcolm, let's get this straight. I'm able to drive myself. Yes, sir. I appreciate your help, but this is altogether unnecessary.
2: Yes, sir. And
0: he takes his hat from Malcolm and puts it on, and he enters the back seat of the car. Malcolm takes a. Uh, blanket and throws it across Andy's legs. <laughs> the squad car drives up in the evening at Andy's house with Barney driving Andy exits.
4: Well, And if he makes you all that uncomfortable, why don't you just come right
3: out and tell him?
4: I'm going to. He's about to drive me crazy. I'll see you.
2: Right, good night, Anne.
3: It sure is fun having you here, Mr.
2: Malcolm. Well, young man, I'll tell you something. It's been the nicest part of my holiday. And I'm very thankful to you and your dad. How come? Well, just think. I might have traveled the length and breadth of America without ever finding out what Americans were really like. I used to think you were quite different, you know, and And I came into your home and saw how you lived. And you're not different at all, really. And if it hadn't been for your dad, none of this would have been possible. And looking after you and your dad has made me very, very happy. Ready? One, two, three. Whee! How's that? Oh, boy, a tree! Thanks, Mr. Malcolm! You're very welcome. Oh, good evening, sir. Hi,
3: Pop! Look what Mr.
2: Malcolm made. Yeah, that's something. Nothing just to do, Dad. Hey, look at the time, young man. Come on, up to Kip. Can I, Pa? Isn't I? Yeah, can I get you some supper, sir? Have some lovely bubbling squeak. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. I had something down. All oh, right. I'll just look after the young man.
0: Sandy so smiles and removes his overcoat. Walks to hang it up and turn off the lights. And he walks back to the door to see who's there. Miss Barney.
4: You left these in the car, thanks.
0: And he motions you Barney don't. to go back out on the porch.
2: fetch the milk
0: Malcolm comes downstairs he notices the windows open as the curtains blow walks to the window to close it
4: I agree with you Malcolm's about as nice a guy as you'd ever want to meet but I still think you ought to come right out and tell him well
1: I'll figure something
4: it's either that or you're gonna have to spend the rest of the week putting up with all kinds of nonsense Hmm. sounds to me like the guy's just making a grade-A pest of himself why don't you tell him to forget the whole deal and be on his way? Oh, I don't know, Barn. This is one of those things where
1: you Knock have kind of a of to be the entire right moment.
0: conversation.
1: When the right moment comes. I'll try to figure some way to tell him.
0: Looks very sad that he's heard this. Walks away from the window. Forgetting to take Opie his milk. Walks back up the stairs. Turns off the light. Next morning in the Taylor home, in the kitchen. Where
3: is Mr. Malcolm? Where's Mr. Malcolm, Paul? He ain't here. Where'd he go? Is he out shopping or something?
1: No, he's 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 left, oh. He's gone away.
3: Gone away? For mm-hmm.
1: good? Well, it sure looks like it.
3: Why, Paul? Why'd he go?
1: I don't know, Op. I come down this morning, and all I found was this note here. What do you say, Pop? <clears throat> well, says, dear sir, I'm very sorry, but I uh, had to leave on urgent business. I will send the money instead. Malcolm.
3: Is that all he said?
1: Mm-hmm. Curious him leaving something like that.
3: I sure liked him. Yeah. He promised he was going to show me how to make a paper ladder, and he was going to show me how to make them funny faces on the eggs, too.
1: Oh, I still remember how to fix breakfast. Eat something.
3: I'm not very hungry, Paul.
1: You're not? Well, you have to eat something. You can't go to school on an empty stomach. You know, eat up there.
3: I wonder why he left. He said he liked working here more than anything he ever did. It's him!
0: he runs to the front door and opens it.
3: Oh, it's only Barney. What do you mean, only Barney?
4: <laughs> only Barney. <laughs> Malcolm left us. He did? Well, that kind of took care of itself, didn't it? Want some
3: coffee?
1: Yeah. Hope he you left your milk in here.
3: That's a glass from last night. Malcolm came down to get it for me, but he never brought it back.
0: Andy and Barney stopped at the kitchen door.
1: Malcolm came downstairs after you went to
4: bed. Mm-hmm. You suppose he was in here
0: when we were? Hmm. And he looks contemplative.
1: Where are you going?
0: I look for him. He walks to the front door and heads out. We see Malcolm riding his bicycle down an old country road as the square car rolls up beside it. And he stops in front of him and hops out of the squad car.
1: Where you think you're going
2: well i uh, uh that is uh I'm surprised at you. a gentleman's gentleman running out on a promise Well, I did leave you a note, sir. You see, I thought you I don't know what you
1: thought or what you heard. The fact is, it's a terrible thing. the high sheriff having to tie his own tie. Worst of all, Opie's back there having to eat eggs without faces on them. You call that living correctly? Oh, no, sir. You better turn around and get right back to work. Yes, sir, right away. I'll turn to it directly. You see to it. Fact is, I want the whole lot to be a regular Bobby Dazzler. Yes, sir,
2: right away, sir.
0: Malcolm turns his bike around and begins to ride back toward town down the road as Andy watches and smiles. Back on the Taylor's front porch.
2: Yeah, you well, I'd see like to again. Now, now listen, you. be real careful on the road. Don't you worry, sir, I will. Oh, oh by the way, there's bangers and mash in the icebox, and I got in some tripe and cow eel for dinner. <laughs> I've left you two dozen eggs with faces just till you get the hang of it, and uh, oh, he's got very fond of roly-poly pudding for afters. <laughs> Give him a double dollop, eh? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, cheerio, madam, and cheerio... cheerio. Bye, and man. Man. Bye. Party, right, to us. Oh, well, I'll keep in touch.
5: You know, I can't understand a word he says.
1: Jane, okay. I'm surprised at you. You understand him all right, don't you, Oak?
5: Sure.
3: You know, Mr. Malcolm forgot to tell Aunt B how to make bubble and squeak. Uh,
1: and how to whip us up a snap when we're clemmed.
3: With double dollops of actin.
1: That's the most important part, double dollops of acting.
3: <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake, speak English.
1: Speak English? That's exactly what we're doing, right, Oak?
3: Cheerio. <laughs>
0: Alright, hope y'all enjoyed that, that was fun uh, for me, I, I hadn't watched, I hadn't seen the end of that in a long time, so that was pretty cool. I said before we started, some of you weren't here, but I, I've been able to meet Bernard Fox, Malcolm Merriweather, a couple of times, and uh, one time in particular we got to sit around with him after an event, and he sat, and there was probably ten of us sitting around a circle, and he told stories for about an hour and a half, it was amazing, uh, he was he had all kinds of stories from actors and uh, that he had worked with over the years, and people he had known. Uh, he was uh, he was he's a really good guy. Uh, he lives still in California. He would come to the Mayberry events, but he's not in really good health. All right, so let me uh, let me open this with prayer, and uh, we'll get started with the Bible study portion of this. Father, we just uh, want to thank you for this chance to gather together and watch uh, Andy Griffith show, and uh, enjoy each other's company, and smile and laugh. And Lord, we just ask that uh, as we begin talking about this, that we see things that happen on the Andy Griffith Show that between these characters that uh, are maybe remind us of how Christians should behave, how we should act, how we struggle with things. Lord, we ask that you just bring those to mind and just lead this conversation. Amen. All right, so we were we just went through Al- uh, Malcolm Merriweather. He is, this was the first time he appeared on the Andy Griffith Show and uh it's the first time we got to meet him and you see him rolling up there outside andy's house to get directions some of the questions we've got here is like what, what were some of the gifts that malcolm had some of the gifts that he had uh, that he had received from god you know he was uh friendly obviously servant yeah he was a servant he wanted to serve people you know that's what he wanted to do uh, what were some of his weaknesses they, he got offended. What's that? He got offended. He got offended. Malcolm did? Yes. You know, when he. Uh, oh, at the end when there. He when he yeah. overheard. that. Yeah, he got offended. Yeah. That's true. He was a little naive. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he didn't really understand what it was like in America and how people behaved. And, he, you know, he was, he was a little naive that he could come to America and get a, get a car and just drive around. You know, that's happened to some other friends of mine. They had pen pals. They were from England. And the pen pals had said, Hey, we're going to fly into New York and we want to drive down and see you. Well, we live in Alabama. They didn't understand. And they are only going to be there for like a week because they wanted to drive down to see our, my friend down in Alabama. And then they to drive out to California and see stuff. And uh, they just didn't understand how big the United States actually is. So Malcolm was a little naive, maybe. Uh, he, uh, but he definitely had a great heart as you saw. I mean, he was really wanting to serve people. How did the reaction toward Malcolm uh, differ between Barney and Andy and Opie? Well, really, (laughs) Andy originally was kind of, I guess, kind of fascinated by him just a little bit, you know, because when he drove up, he heard heard his uh, accent and uh, then gave him directions. And you could tell Malcolm didn't really quite understand the directions because he was trying to read the map and turning it sideways and everything else. So Andy originally, you know, he, he thought it was an unusual person, but he, but then, you know, Barney, what happened then? So he goes riding through town trying to read that map and causes that huge wreck in the end. So, of course, Barney, he didn't know anything about this guy. He just saw him create this wreck as he's driving through town and causes it and causes, uh, what was the guy's name, Fletch? Fletcher? Fletcher that ran, ran into all the packing crates and stuff? Barney was more judgmental. Barney was more judgmental. That's right. Because, yeah, as soon as, he, as soon as that happened, he's just some guy that caused a bunch of problems, and Barney arrests him. You know, the guy obviously has not even talked to him, uh, you know, because uh, he didn't know Malcolm had that accent until they got into the courthouse, and he started talking. Of course, then we had that great scene where, <laughs> you know, India I think he's from somewhere else. You know, that whole scene, and then Andy goes, you know, he might be from Edmund Dwight, England. <laughs> that was awesome. I, you know, the Barney's look on Barney's face when, he, when Malcolm does say that's where he's from, that, that was absolutely amazing. Why, did, why was Andy uncomfortable with Malcolm helping him? He wasn't used to that. You know, I think that's one of the things we all have a lot of trouble with. I do. If somebody's trying to help me do something. Now that was a different situation. You know, Andy, (laughs) Malcolm's trying to help Andy put on his pants. You know, and Andy's like, no sir, no sir. I'm not going to let, no. I can put on my own pants. I don't care what the colonel does. And then of course Andy didn't want to wear his hat and he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want Malcolm to drive him to work and all that stuff. And then, then when Andy does get in the car, Malcolm puts the the blanket over his legs and all that stuff. Great scene. But I guess the real question here from a Christian perspective, how hard is it if you have something wrong, let's say you've gotten hurt, you're sick, something like that, how hard is it to let somebody else serve you like Malcolm was trying to serve? We we as Christians we're always taught to serve people. That's what we want to do. Get out and serve people. It's really hard to serve people when they won't let you, which is kind of. We know Malcolm's heart was towards service. And he wanted to get out there and help people, do things for them. But then the receiver has a part to play too. So why was Andy uncomfortable? Was it because of pride? And do we have that problem? He was out of his comfort zone, yeah, because somebody's trying to put his pants on for him. I guess I would I would tend to be a little bit like that too. And he, I guess he felt like he could do it himself, so he didn't need to do it. But I guess that's the, that's the question. As Christians, if somebody's trying to serve us, somebody's doing something because they feel like God led them to do that. Do we let somebody take care of us? Is that hard for you? It's hard for me. I mean, I know it's hard for me. It's hard for me to ever admit I can't do something or I need help. Well, it depends on the situation, obviously. If somebody wants to come paint my house, I'll let them.
5: (laughs) But we really, if we come to a point where we understand that we're blessing them when they serve us, it changes the whole look of it.
0: That's right. Yeah, so what she was saying, if you couldn't hear, if we come to a point where we realize that that person who's serving us It's blessing them to serve us. It changes the whole outlook. You guys, I mean, I know how I felt at Christmas time. We go to the Christmas, uh, go to the place where they have the angel tree, and you can buy Christmas gifts for people who don't even know who it's coming from. It's a special feeling you get in your heart to give things to people expecting nothing in return. And people like Malcolm whose heart are towards serving people they get that same blessing out of just being a service to people and going and, and touching their lives and, and as I said I think a lot of times we're we're really led to serve but are we ever do we accept that service yes sir
5: I think the other thing too that we are called to do as believers is if somebody wants to serve us just offer them a polite thank you I think sometimes generationally, we try to say, oh, that's too much trouble or you don't have time to do it. Mm-hmm. And the best thing we can do is let them do what they're feeling in their heart to do and just say, uh, thank you so much for what you're doing for me instead of protesting about why you shouldn't do it.
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's so, it is so. is. It it is often hard for us, I think, to, to accept that, accept the service from somebody, accept somebody doing something. We, we have a gentleman in our church that uh, has got a lot of health problems and he's he's only he may not even be forty. He's in he's in that age group. And I'm, I I can't imagine how hard it has been for him because he's now in a wheelchair and he can't get out and do stuff to to sit back and and have other men from the church come over there and you know power wash his fence for him and then paint his fence for him and, and do the things for him. You know, but it it does bless those of us that are able to go do that. That's a a blessing to us to be able to help somebody. But receiving that service—that's what we saw Andy having a hard time with, and saying thank you. You know, because Malcolm's trying to do all these great things for him. He's tying his tie. You know, he's he's putting he's putting the food on the table, making him get dressed up. But that was a heart of service he was doing it for. Let's see here. Uh, Mark uh, ten forty-five. It says, "For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many." Then in Ephesians six seven, it says, "Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people." And that's what these—that's what Malcolm's trying to do. Uh, Serving others, you know. This is in Deuteronomy uh, ten twelve through thirteen. It says. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's command and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. All these things that people are, are feel led to serve you, that's what they, they're trying to do. The, they're trying to do what the Bible's told us to do. Uh, in Philippians... Uh, 2, 5-7, through seven, it says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in very na- nature is God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. Rather, He made Himself nothing, and by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So I think that's the thing. We're, we all are asked by God to be servants of each other. I do think that receiving that service from others is hard for us all. I think it's hard to do. It's hard for Andy. Andy's a public servant. That's what he does. That's what Barney does. They, that is their, that's what they do is help people. So a lot of times those who are most willing to help other people hate to receive it themselves. You know, it's really hard. So just something to keep in mind have you ever made a snap judgment about somebody without really getting to know him or her first that's what we saw barney do that's what he said were you correcting your assumptions if you ever have you ever jumped to the conclusion some co-worker or somebody at uh, school somebody in college somebody some family member some of your relatives some of your wife's family members or husband's family members, <laughs> have you ever jumped to conclusions Uh, about that person just by seeing them? Did did anybody on the cruise see the guy with the mohawk with purple hair? (laughs) Right. Did anybody have any conclusions just by looking at the guy?
5: He needs a new barber.
0: He needs a new barber. (laughs) Floyd's been trying to catch him ever since uh, we saw him. But, I mean, do we do that? uh, Yeah, and are we wrong a lot? Are are we wrong about that person sometimes? Do, Do you... Do you are you wrong? Yes Yes, that's right. You don't have to answer, but yeah, that's good. You can answer, that's good. (laughs) Uh has anyone ever done that to you? I'll tell this story because it's funny to me. I I played basketball all the way through high school. I was a basketball player. I, I loved playing basketball. But I don't look like a basketball player. At least that's what I was told. Because I went to when I started working They got a team there at work. And this guy that had played at a a college and stuff, I was on the team with him. Well, then we started playing, you know, and I was actually doing okay. I was playing pretty good. After the game, he goes, wow, I just never thought you'd be able to play basketball just by looking at you. And I was like, that was 25, 27 years ago, and I've never forgot that. Not that it really hurt me or anything. It was just like, wow, what what a... I don't. I just don't look like a basketball player, evidently. So have have people made assumptions about you that you're mean? Maybe maybe you're introverted, or maybe you're kind of quiet. Do people assume then that you're standoffish and you know don't like people? You ever had that? On our first date, when we met, she she thought I was a snob because I didn't talk much. <laughs> well, she found out later I wasn't a snob. She found out later you were. Or oh. You ever... Yeah. So Ronnie said uh, when he and Elise when they went on their first date, she thought he was kind of a snob or something because he didn't talk a lot. Because you were quiet, you're an introvert I didn't or something. Have a a little bit. To say oh, you didn't have a chance to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all had words, but she used all of hers, and you didn't get to use any. Like the way it went. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir.
5: Or if you're extroverted. It's, it's really important for me that people know that's just a front, that there's a real person in here, mm. that I really do care about people, right. that I'm not a cut up all the time, that that's just something I do, but I know when to turn it on and off. So yes. like I said, if you're on the flip side of that, I think you have to, to make sure people know that
0: there's a real person in there too. Right. That you're not just a caricature or something. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to know that they're not just a caricature. Just because somebody is outgoing and enjoys themselves and laughing and stuff, that there's there's somebody that cares about people underneath there. It's got feelings, and you know, it's not just all a show out there. That's a good point too. Yes, sir. And, and that's very true. What you say uh, because Google when I first met him several years ago. Whatever, I told a lot of people about him and all the characters. And whatever. One night, I was sitting at home in the phone room. And there was him calling me to check on me, see how I was doing or whatever and stuff, you know? And just by on the cruise talking to him about another, you know, it just uh, really made me feel good. And, and, and to know that uh, character, California, different places, whatever, not about little old me, you know? yeah that's awesome and, and you see how simple that little thing was you know Tim was able to call you you realize sometimes how, how the just the smallest things that we do is the things that impact people you know things that you you didn't even think about it really because that's just who you are maybe or something you said or did that you never knew have you I know I've had people that uh, were younger than me in high school that have since then written me uh, a, a note that talked about, you know, I watched you in high school and how you behaved and what you did with other people. I didn't know he was watching me. I didn't know it. And, uh, you know, he, he said that really impacted me. And so... As, as Christians, well, I guess we need to realize that just little things we're doing, hopefully we're acting like Christ. Hopefully we are a reflection of Christ to others. That's what we hope that we're doing. And, and I think I think it's, it's, uh, it's amazing that little things like that can really impact somebody in a, a way that you would never have dreamed of. Did you want to say something?
5: I was in the Navy so I got a letter I guess a year ago I got a letter from a uh, one of my uh, sailor friends there that was on the ship with me and he had he's in the prison ministry or something like that now But he he said I watched you on the ship and he says I I impacted him I don't know I don't even know what I was doing but I said it impacted his life and he's now a minister now that was pretty cool yeah
0: I, I think that happens a lot I, th- I think it happens a lot that you, that you don't really even know because like I said, there's the one guy that talked to Steve there and told him how on the ship he had impacted him. He'd watched him and seen him do so Tim Steve didn't know what he had done. The same with the one guy that I know of that wrote me that. How many others are watching this? How many have seen you uh, act poorly and you've impacted them? Yeah. So, let's try not to talk about that too much. But I mean, maybe that's also, we really need to keep in mind that people do watch us and stuff. So. And your children, children are watching you all the time too. And that's your, some of your best uh, sermons come, come from your children. That's right. Yeah, our children.
5: The one other thing that I've learned about serving other people is maybe when we're at our lowest, one thing that will lift our spirits is if we help somebody else. Because there's no way that we can't understand if we're reaching out to help somebody else, even if we're experiencing maybe a job loss or some sort of of blow that life, that the flesh has dealt us. If we go serve somebody else that can't help themselves in some way, I promise you that will lift your spirits. Because you absolutely know then that you are doing exactly what Christ would do or you're in God's will. And I found that on numerous
0: occasions, yeah. uh, when I've been in a situation that I was low myself, is yeah. serving somebody else. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's that's all so so true. I mean, yeah, we saw that with Malcolm. You know, Malcolm was low. He he had been uh, he had just run into that. Didn't have the money. Didn't know what he was going to do. And yet, you know, just being able to serve serve Andy and Opie and do the things that he loves doing. He was able to. It, it just lifted him. You know. He talked about where time's about up. So I'm gonna. We're gonna. Have to, we got a lot. I appreciate you guys talking because there's a lot of stuff here. But this uh, this quote that he had that's in the bottom. This final thought we had uh, where he was talking to Opie and he said, "Well, just think, I might have traveled the length and breadth of America without ever finding out what Americans were really like. I used to think we were quite different, you know. And then it, then I came to your house and saw how you lived." You're not different at all, really. If I hadn't been, if it hadn't been for your dad, none of this would have been possible. And looking after you and your dad has made me very, very happy. So yeah, when you have an opportunity, give somebody a call that's sick or something, or go visit them, or just say hi to people. Uh, you know, I've, I've challenged us every year on these cruises to just, uh, you know, we're. We're on this cruise. We're all Mayberry folks. We're all having a good time because we're Andy Griffith fans, but we're Christians as well. So let's try to just bring smiles to people's faces. That's the, that's the key because you never know those, all those smiles. You don't have to preach to people, but you'll impact somebody's life. By, Steve impacting somebody's life on the ship. And Tim giving you a call. Phil fills with the people he's met. You just never know what you're doing how it might impact somebody so father i just want to thank you for these people lord that uh, just shared uh, with us and shared just some of the things that you've taught them over their lives and uh, lord we thank you that we can watch a tv show from the 1960s and still even from that come up with lessons that we can learn as christians about serving people and being served lord we uh we thank you for All that you do for us, and thank you for the smiles, the laughter, the joy you've been able to give us through this Andy Griffith show, Lord. And we thank you for your son and all he's done for us and the example he set. And we ask that we could just be a small reflection of who he is to others. Amen. All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining me here on the Mayberry Bible Study podcast. Now, that one, that episode, That Bible study was recorded on the Mayberry Cruise back in 2016. So you hear all the sounds that were in the background. Those were the actual ship. There were announcements made during the podcast recording. There was a rumble that you may hear that I tried to get rid of for you so that you wouldn't have to deal with. But folks, I do want to challenge you. These these podcasts, these Bible studies are meant to challenge us so that we can be Reminded when we watched the Andy Grove show about the things that we talked about during this podcast and during the Bible study. So I just want to encourage you, remind you to get out there and try to make a difference in people's lives or live a life that makes a difference in people's lives. That's what we're really talking about. You may not even know you're making a difference, but if you just live your life in a way that reflects just some of what Christ means it will impact people and we can uh move forward from there. So again, I want to thank you Uh if you wanted to, hopefully you knew it, but if you follow along, you can follow along. There is a downloadable version of the Bible study lesson. If you go over to the podcast website, you'll be able to see it there. If you go to Mayberry Bible study it'll take you to the link. Or if you just go to I mayberry.com, you can click on the link there. And you will see it there as well. The Bible study podcast, the two chairs, no waiting podcast, Burke on Mayberry, all those Mayberry Bob, all those Mayberry podcasts. They're not all Bible study, but they're all there at imayberry.com links that will take you to them. So if you get lost, that's where you go and find them, imayberry.com. Thank you again for being with me and we will see you next time here on the Mayberry Bible study podcast.
4: Little round church